Want to stay up to date on what's happening with your favorite team? Now you can by signing up to become a Dallas Stars insider. With Gurionov and Ben, and a shot stop, Sagan rebound, score! Get the scoop on the latest team news, exclusive ticket pre-sales, contests, and much more. Delivered right to your inbox. Ran himself right into oh, it. Oh, score! How in the world? Subscribe today and start getting yours at DallasStars.com slash insider. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Here's an opening knowledge banger. Listen to this. Every Dallas Stars coach has made it into the 40-win club. Only one North Stars coach did that. That was Lou Nanny. 1982-83, that team went 40, 24, and 16. All the years in mini, that was the only time they won 40 games. They go south to Dallas, Ganey, Hitchcock, Tippett, Crawford, Gullitson, Ruff, Hitch 2.0, Monty. Rick Bonus, and now DeBoer is on about a 48-win pace. Every single guy that has put on a suit and stepped behind the Dallas Stars bench at some point has won at least 40 games with this team. And with that, welcome to the 11th edition of the Podman Rush, presented entirely and exclusively by Truly Hard Seltzer. I am Daryl Ray. With me, of course, the great Mike Heike from DallasStars.com. Boy, do we have a lot of stuff to discuss, Mike. Yes, we do. That's a shocking stat. I would not have guessed that well, Gullitson or Crawford. Or, I mean, there would have been one in there, you would have thought. But I'm, you're here, the, I'm here to shock and impress. You, I call it infotainment. Now, with that... <laughs> I must, I must also state that some of that stuff's inflated with overtime and shootout. I mean, coaches should not get wins for shootouts. Nick Bonus got him when he wasn't even on the bench. They shouldn't. <laughs> they shouldn't get wins for shootouts. They have very little oh, to do with shootouts. God. Overtime, yes. Shootouts, it's just a skills competition. Your record, your record. Okay. Fun last night. Oh, my. How about this? I want your take okay. on the OV plan, if you will. The plan from the NHL was that they were going to empty the benches. This was stated to the general population of the Dallas Stars, including goaltender Jake Ottinger prior to the game. Uh, and bulletin board material or just, just letting them all know what might happen out there, just as a courtesy. So they didn't get shocked by it if it happened. I believe Dallas uh, Mavericks fans will tell you that it's not good to release the parade route. That's exactly what I was thinking. Before you win the championship. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. It, it was really like, did, yeah. Whether it's rumors or it's, <laughs> yeah. it's concocted or whatever. But through the years in multiple sports, there's always been that, oh, you know, they, they already had their meeting about the parade route. And it's like. Did they? They might have. <laughs> Made have. I mean, they have to go through these contingency plans. And they got to do it in a day or two, right? Right. 
But this was delicious last night, I thought. It's like, <laughs> and the fact hey, that- <laughs> hey, look, they're ready to celebrate. I don't, know, I don't know what you guys think about this, but they are ready to party here. And the fact that Pete used it and admitted that, oh, yeah, I used it. <laughs> Uh, it says a little bit about him too. I, it's funny. I was listening to you on the ticket this morning and, uh, he is an interesting coach and an experienced coach. And, uh, at this point in time, from a media standpoint, we're very lucky to have him and his, uh, ability to, uh, weave certain phrases and words into his answers and give us pretty much an honest take on everything. He's very honest. Yeah, you're right. And he can be very truncated in his answers. He's not going to go on and on just for you guys. Well, for me, but not the other guys. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of that, Otter talked to all media members in the morning. Yep. I had a one-on-one. You had a one-on-one. Anybody that was in the room. NHL could guys. Have, yeah, yeah. just walk over it. And he just sat there and talked to everyone. No distraction. No jinx, obviously. Nope. He put on a clinic at night and refused Ovechkin and whatever they had planned for Ovi's 801st, uh, so pretty impressive, again, from soon-to-be 24-year-old Jake Ottinger. True. Uh, Hitch would have loved him. I think I've told you this story before where uh, the coaches had to go through the dressing room to get to their coach's office back at Valley Ranch, and Eddie was always working on his pads or something like that, and uh, Hitch came and said, uh, Hey, Eddie, uh, what about uh, picking up the rented sticks and shooting par? And Eddie looks at him like, what are you talking about? He goes, it's the goalie. It's not the equipment, okay? You can just do it by, by yourself. And Eddie was like, what makes Eddie great is the fact that he is all consumed with every bit of minutia. But, man, Jake just rolls with the punches. And if he's playing, he's playing. If he's not, he's not. If he wants to talk, you know. It, uh, we were talking about this actually in uh, New Jersey uh, because somebody asked about Jake talking before the game. And they talked about Brodeur. And we went there for the 2000 Mm. Stanley Cup final. And the devil's locker room was like right by where the media walked up to the press box. And Brodeur would be out there before warmups just chatting it up with the media like, Mm -hmm. hey, how you guys doing? (laughs) And different guys have different uh, mindsets. And I like that mindset. I think that really will help you. you I know Eddie's mindset helped Eddie. But I also think guys who can just whatever. I'm just here to stop the puck. I wish I had been more that way. <laughs> I was throwing up before the game and rocking back and forth in my stall. I was one of those guys. And then I'd watch these other individuals that could just like, well, Grant, when yeah. I backed up Fuhrer in, in Edmonton, he was, I mean, there was nothing externally. Right. I think there was a lot going on internally, <laughs> but externally it just seemed like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, just, this is not a big deal. And yeah. I just show up, stop pucks, fine. Uh, so the game last night, and w- we talked about it, and it was a great shot of, of Ottinger late in the third period. He just stoned someone back. He was having a conversation with the ref. He's smiling. You know, the, the, the Washington Capitals are going downhill at him at that point. Right. Everybody in the building wants him to suck for a second so that they can all shower OV with adulation or more adulation. Uh, and, you know, the shots are piling up and piling up, and they're working their way toward 50. And we we documented this at the beginning of the game. I thought we nailed it. One of the few things that we did nail on television last night was the lead-in that was basically the Stars own the Washington Capitals 
as much as Ovi owns modern goaltending. And the Stars continued that that same thing, especially in Washington. Yeah, it's weird. And what has gone on in Washington, I mean, they they have like three regulation losses against them. Right. There. And the goaltending, I mean, you're talking almost 30 years now. Yeah. And and that would go back to the Cap Center and Landover, Maryland. And then on into this one that's been named, you know, MCI Center. And, uh, you know, it's had about nine names and and all the goaltenders. And every guy that goes in there stands on his head against the Capitals in that building. So the one that reminded me as this was unfolding last night was Turco. And I was trying to remember, and I finally looked it up this morning. I should have looked it up ahead of time. But it was it was 12 you know, twelve years ago, it was twenty ten. Do you remember that game? I do not. So, I think he finished with like forty nine saves. Like they had, they had fifty. It was fifty plus. Yeah. And went to a shootout, and Louis Erickson won it, like five deep into the shootout, and they won it four three, and like Turco was out of his mind, like out of his mind. It, anything the the Capitals wanted, they were getting, yeah. and they just couldn't score. And these were Stanley Cup prime Capitals. They couldn't score. Yeah, and you know it just doesn't seem to matter who's in the pipes. It, they they play their level best in that building against them. I think the Capitals just expect to lose <laughs> to the Stars now, at home and and in Dallas. That like yeah they they won two years ago. They got a shutout and spanked the Stars five nothing. But outside of that, they they've beaten the Stars, I think seven times, including overtime and shootouts, in thirty years. Yeah. Overall, it's the best record the Stars have against any team, including Edmonton, which is saying something because <laughs> they they <laughs> they have drank their milkshake for a long time. So anyway, uh, with Ov scoring eight hundred, didn't you start thinking about Dallas Stars? Uh, in past that have hit major, major milestones. The key moment? Because I did, I immediately. Because there's so many comparisons and, and uh, similes between uh, uh, Brett Hall and Ovechkin. Yes. Yeah, there, there just is. They, they score their goals, or it feels like the majority of their goals in similar fashion, on the power play with that wicked one-timer. So... Holly's 600th. And I remember that being such an epic plateau. Yes. When he scored 600 yes. on New Year's Eve, we're going through the millennium. The Hullennium. It was the Hullennium. I don't know who, who coined it that. But I just remember how how big that was. It was like 600. 600 for Brett. And now you think this guy's, you know, Brett went on to score more, but this guy's got 800 right now. He's got 200 more than that. And then you had Madonna in 2017 score his 500th. Yep. And that was a huge deal. And that was against Philadelphia, against Nittimaki. Holly was against Anaheim? I don't know. That sounds I think right. it was Anaheim. Do you remember who the goalie was? No. I don't either. Uh, I mean, was it, it started with an S. Who was that one? They, anyway, I digress. So uh, if you were listening this morning, I told my Holly story from when we played against one another. And he was sitting on forty-seven goals in the in the American Hockey League, and I I went into that game with the idea similar to what 
Otter went into last night. I understand exactly where he's coming from. You do not want to be that guy. So it's the same thing as we're saying. Like Nidamaki is always going to be the guy that gave up yep. Hall's or uh, Madonna's five hundredth. And then whoever it was with Anaheim, I don't think it was Guy Bear, was it back in the day? Maybe I don't remember. Uh, the, he's always going to be attached to that. Right. Otter didn't want to be attached to, you know, tying Gordy Howe or breaking that record. I didn't want Holly to score fifty. So he's got forty-seven. We were not good. We weren't going to the playoffs, and I had we had nothing to play for. I had something to play for. Yes. That. So he had a gazillion chances in the game because he was Holly. Uh, and I held him to two. I say held him to two. It's Brett Hall. Yeah. And we're, it's late in the game. We're down by two. And I'm thinking, okay, I've done it. Yeah. You know, there's no way we're going to, you know, we're not playing for anything. We're not going to pull our goaltender here and that. Sure enough, I look over at the bench and our coach, Larry Kish, is waving me over. And I was just, dumbfounded but what are you gonna do you you know i'm like i could be like moger i remember moger <laughs> back in the day with with slats he just they were in a feud with one another very early on in his career in edmonton and and slats was trying to pull him and he just kept cupping his ear with his glove oh it was a funner league back then <laughs> so i looked and i was just like i slowly made my way out of there i was like you have got to be kidding me and then there was a, there was a whistle, face off up the ice and all that. And I, I couldn't stop just shaking my head and staring at our coach. I was like, I had one goal today, and that was to deny him his 50th. 50th. And I swear to God, he's going to score into an empty net and get his 50th. This whole place is going to go nuts in that. Sure enough, Holly gets bang. In it goes. And I just turned around. I wanted to sucker my coach. I wanted to hammer him. I just shook my head, and he he wouldn't look at me. He just kept looking off and everything, and then back in I go. We're down by three. Game ends in like 25 seconds or whatever. So I, I get it. I, I understand that whole idea from that position where you you have an extra little carrot in front of you yeah. in a game like that. And Jake played defiantly yeah. last night. Well, it's interesting too, and I, I don't know if it was that big of a deal in his mind. But the fact he gave up that goal against Pittsburgh, and that was his last moment on the ice before he played last night, um, I think he, I mean, yeah, that was a gut punch to him. Uh, you know, it was a rebound. You don't feel I that I know, bad. but I think he did. Somebody's got to pick the guy up. Well, I agree Except with Except Malkin crying out loud. I gotcha. I'm just saying the mindset of a goalie, like a top-level goalie. I wouldn't know. You should uh, ask someone. He, He's got better insight. I think he dug in pretty good. And then, of course, the fact that his... Uh, High school buddy or his high school brother. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot There's involved. There's a lot going on for him. Yeah. And the fact that he did talk You nailed him. it in your story I last about night. That, all but... about that. It encapsulized the <laughs> evening. Uh, look, I, yeah, I, some of those things are probably rattling around a little bit. But more than anything, it's just, okay, that's the greatest goal scorer of our generation. And everyone's here on a rainy, moist night in the nation's capital. And I'm going to send them all home with further tears. The good thing was nobody could see their tears last night because it was raining too hard. <laughs> Let's move on. Yes. Okay, get your surprise face ready. Everyone out there, please stop down for a second. You're not going to believe this news. 
the stars added another fin. Yes. They're more Finnish than they were two days ago, which is hard. Ascari? Laxanen? I can't, I can't pronounce it. I think it's Ascari. Ascari Laxanen. He's a defenseman that Miro played on the national team with. Good friends with Rape. That's how you say it. It's not rope. Rape. Rape. Uh, should... Should the stars just go all in and corner the market on fins like the Duke brothers with, wasn't it frozen concentrated <laughs> orange, orange juice? juice yes. Uh, tried to do in, in uh, trading places, which is a Christmas movie, by the way. Yes, it is. It's a Christmas movie and it's one of my favorites. I, that one and elf yearly. Elf is the best. Yes. Well, they're, they're both they're, good. They're good. So the, they, they've had an all fin goaltending tandem with, Antti Niemi and, and Kari. Didn't they have one even before that? Or was it just all Euro back in Minnesota North Side days? When- oh, Yarmo Mulis yeah. and Kari yeah. Taco. That's right. Yeah. So they started the yeah, all two. <laughs> They've had two all Finnish goaltending tandems. Uh, they have 50% of their decor right now that yep. are Finns. And if he ever showed up, they'd move above 50%. Yep. Uh, just kind of needed Lettinen and Mietinen and Hagman and Lind and Jokinen and wh- which ones am I missing? We needed them all you're, at you're one time. Yoki Paka. Yoki Paka <laughs> as another defenseman. Sammy Hellenius. <laughs> Yo, they were I all mean, there. they've all run through here. <laughs> Should just go ahead and acquire Puliu Yarvi from Edmonton right now. Get it done. <laughs> might, as well, might as well do it. It's coming at some point. Well, we've talked. I mean... Of all the teams that should be playing in Finland before the se- or early in the season, this is the one, right? Yes. I mean, I'll at touch some more, point, I'll touch more on that. Okay. Near the end, but you're right. You're right. So should they do it? Should they just? I think they just need to get good players. Obviously, no. I think you go all one country. <laughs> so you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that year. I should have. Oh, but people out there have Google, right? They do for the most part. Uh, remember the draft of the San Jose Sharks? Mm-mm. You don't? They took nothing but fins. Oh, really? They're good players. What, they- what year was that? Oh, t- Tom Holyill hit us up. Yeah, because yeah. he's now in management with the Sharks. They took all fins. Wow, that's a bold draft. So that was maybe the precursor to this. Yeah, where the stars just slowly morph themselves into Team Suomi. It's just nothing but fins all the way through it. One of my great conversations I had was, I think it was with Mietinen, and I said, so what does Suomi mean? He goes, Finland. And I go, no, no, but Suomi is like, like lion, tiger? What, what is that? He goes, no, it's Finland. I go, why don't we call you Suomi? Why do we call you Finland? You, you drop Swami in there Whatever. at some point. Suomi. I think that's something different. Suomi. But. That's pretty good. I'm hey, trying. you're finished. I know. Well, my great grandpa. Oh God. Anyway, they uh, look. They're they they're the most finished team in the league, right? Yes, yeah. hands down. Yeah, every Finn has scored. That's another fun fact. There you go. Uh, the Razor Boy today, and I I think they need to just shove all their Finnish cards to, to the middle. I like it. And do it. Uh, let's talk about lead protection in a lead decaying league right now. Say that a few times fast. Go ahead, try it. It's a huge point. League 
lead, lead, decaying, lead protection in a lead, lead decaying, decaying league, league right, right now. now. That's fun. It is. So the Stars are a pristine 13-0 and now when leading after two periods. Are you aware of that? I was not. Well, I'm dropping no, knowledge on you. Yeah. They, along with the Winnipeg Jets and our old friend Bones, the Islanders, and the team they'll face at the end of this road trip, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Wow, I would not have guessed that one. Are the only teams with flawless records, flawless, when leading after two periods. It's only five times for Columbus, but they've, yeah. they've taken care of business the whole time. I think it's a significant uh, little category because th- this feels like the season where no lead is Correct. safe. I mean, no lead. No. We've, we've seen the Stars wipe out 5-1 deficits with nine minutes to go. Yep. And speaking of that, last night was the fourth third period uh, deficit that they have overcome in the nine times that they've been down, which is a pretty healthy number, yes, too. Yes, it is. Uh, so not too shabby, as they say. Uh, what do you make of, of all these comebacks and not being able to lock down a lead? Although the Stars can, right. and those other teams have. 13-0 and 0 is impressive. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I love the fact that uh, teams can come back now. I think from a fan's standpoint, it's great. We've talked before about yeah. the numbers that, you know, you score the first goal and you'd win 75, 80% of the time, which is kind of boring when you get to, down to it. And now this isn't boring. Uh, but then at that same time, you have to find a way to navigate it. And the fact that they've navigated this well and are able to hold off a team like Washington last night uh, or even Jersey, uh, you know, those that's hard. And, you know, you need a a good goaltender, you need a a good defense, and, you know, you need smart forwards to move the puck out, and and you need Essa Lindell scoring from 185 feet sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's all all part of it. Uh, It's funny that, you know, they they did get the, what, two empty netters the night before? In Jersey? Yeah, and then they They also scored with three seconds left to move to 13-0 when leading after two periods. That's a good one. Because their record when they're tied after two periods is not good. Not great. No. So, Crazy. Yeah. One goal. And it's interesting, too, I think, the fact that, you know, we look at overtimes and shootouts, and you're right. That's not real hockey. This is stuff that could help you in the playoffs. Mm. Agreed. Good point. So. Strong. There you go. That's what I'm here for. Uh, look, the, the, the games lately have been sort of old school, low score, lockdown, tight. Tight checking for most part. Last night was a little bit different. I think the Stars played very well. They got throttled in the second period uh, and and really didn't get buried because of their goaltender. But we talked about this a while ago. Uh, by we, I mean Jeff Reese and I, a couple old damaged goalies. The NHL is becoming a little AHL-ish for goalies in that it's scrambly. You can't really trust guys away from the puck that they'll be marked. I think it's awesome. (laughs) Because, and we stated it the other night, like that second period in New Jersey was chaotic. Uh, And and mistake hockey is the best hockey. Yeah. It's, It's the best hockey. And chaos is a ladder, not a pit. It's provocative. It is provocative. Did you hear that? I did. Chaos is a ladder up to somewhere. 
not a pit. You're not going to get buried by chaos. Could. God, this has got to be the greatest podcast that is out there. Is it? Is it rated as the greatest or one of the greatest? One of mildly great. Second greatest. There it is. I think Truly Seltzer loves it. Ah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I mean, they're going to New Heights offensively. It's not as, as regimented and robotic. And I love that the league is finding, here's a new word for you, Mike, salivation. Sounds finish. It almost does. But it also uh, combines a little bit of jubilation and celebration. And Selly is what the kids talk about now as being a goal celebration. Correct. It's merely a Selly. Like warm up. It's no longer warm up, it's just warmies. Okay. So the headlines are almost 100% about offense right now. Right? Yes. Like almost 100%. I, I can't remember the last time it was like this. Milestones, goals per game, you know, the mega streaks that, that Robertson was on and that, that Marner's just ended at 23, I believe. Like everything is just offense. There's not, there's not much going on about, about defensive hockey or even uh, – malicious physicality or anything like that. It's just offense, offense, offense. Yeah. And it's great, is it not? There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, We were talking, speaking of goalies, we were talking to Pete about the size of goalies. And uh, he was saying, you know, yeah, they are bigger. Obviously, they take up a lot of space. But he goes, but these bigger goalies are not like the ones from 10 years ago. These guys have to move laterally. These guys have to be athletic. They have to. Is that a shot at my generation or something a or? little bit at you i think maybe more of the ben bishop type to oh, just okay. kind of yeah let the puck hit him which was a great technique but they can't do that now there's too many holes when you just you know when you're erect in your butterfly <laughs> i knew you would like that you were what <laughs> you know what's happening upright you're sure butterfly are, you're erect in your butterfly oh, i don't <laughs> i played the position i don't and i talk about it quite a bit i listen I don't think I've ever heard that. Could be, could be could very be. painful. Is this something new? Yeah, this is a new new thing. New wrinkle, <laughs> if you will. Okay. All right. You just about made poor BB <laughs> choke in here as we record this. I, look, the, the, the level of scoring that is like league-wide, like do you even know of a team that's struggling to score? Like even Anaheim, and they're no, awful. Yeah, they had like five goals. I know, last night. like they're awful, and yet they can produce some magic offensively. Yeah. So it's, do you think it's just a moment, or is this going to no. stick around? Yeah, I think it's going to stick around because one, I think they've been pushing for this for a while. True, and then two, these kids are really good. Like they go out and they practice offense all the time. Like when they're on their own, when they're with their friends, you know. It's funny just talking to Robertson. People are going like, well, how do you score? He goes, well, I just shoot the puck a lot. Well, he does that at practice. You know, talking to Wedgwood and uh, some of the other guys who practice with him, he, he looks for every single offensive opportunity. And even watching games, uh, he's just like, okay, I'm going to spin here and I'm just going to fling it at the net. And you're just like, whoa, they didn't used to do that. <laughs> like he'd be just like getting ready to make a change and he just whips around and flings it at the net because 
they just they're very hungry for goals. But it's not just the young guys because, uh, like Crosby's having a remarkable goal scoring season. Ovechkin is leading his team in scoring. Now everyone's all banged yeah. up with with them, but he's a twenty goal scorer again. He's already halfway to forty. There's scored a, his fortieth against the Stars last year. There's a Benesance going on. I, I thought that we've we've witnessed the Benesance just last night. Joel Pavelski's a point of game guy, so it's it's not just the young guys. I think the older guys have adapted. Yep. To what to what's going on, it, but it has to be more about the overall style of the game and what the concentrations are than anything else. And it, it's an offense leaning league and and probably coaching in that. I, I remember a few years back talking with I can't remember who it was, but we were talking and they were already anticipating that you're going to have to be able to score. You're, you're going to have to be able to score goals down your lineup. And usually that means your forward lines. Right. So instead of two lines scoring for you, you better have three. If you have four, great. But you better have three. And in these games, like you just can't grab on, mug people, and lock things down. You're still going to have to be able to to score. You have to be able to score. If you're gonna, if you if you want to win the whole thing, your your one of your best talents is going to have to be producing offense, not just. Look at how good we are defensively, and if we get one or two, we'll try to make that hold up. That, that's gone, or it was going, and they could see it, uh, crystal balling it, and I think we've arrived at it here now. Yeah, all you have to do is watch a team like Jersey and see how quick they are, how fast they are, how they hit the open spaces, uh, their defense and move pucks. I mean, I think that's a good thing about the Stars as well. You know, you've got to have skilled guys back yeah, there moving – Jersey's another one of those teams. They they got two things going on. They one they've got Lindy, right? Who that's that's and Andrew Burnett. Yeah, uh, their coaching just purely believes in that. They yes. are way inter- more interested in that than they are the other way. Although they they went from 29th to second in goals against. Yes, they I don't were know 29th how. last year. Yes, second this year. Well, much better goaltending. Yes, uh, but it can't just be goaltending. It's got to be more. They added. They added some NHL caliber players. When you try to play in this league with guys that you're just shoving up there and you know aren't quite NHL caliber, but you're like, this is what we have right now, it's a it's a grind. It's yeah. a hard way to go about it. And then the other thing is, if you draft first overall a few times, you're going to end up with pretty special players. Yep. And, you know, they've got sure and they've got Hughes that were both first overall picks. So it's little combination of things there but you're right so with that which is the best team that you've seen so far Ooh, i'll be honest with you i haven't been overly impressed with anybody but um, that's me i was told i was negative on the way into the room here today i think you're you're mr positive and i'm negative only because i looked out the window and all i could see was a mucky rooftop and a bunch of air conditioning units and i said what a beautiful and view you, this is you saw the sunlight I did. And the beautiful uh, array of shoppers in that off to the left. And that's just how we parse things well, differently. Know. So anyway, for Mr. Negative, I don't like any teams. Mr. Positive, who do you think's the best team in the league? I haven't seen him yet, but the numbers say Boston is, which is pretty shocking for Okay, but Montgomery. no, no, no. no. But the actual team Do I have to read the question again? The numbers say, well, people are saying, what are you? 
Trump, well, people are saying, you know, people, I, people are saying. I do have my own. We saw the Bruins. <laughs> we saw the Bruins. We saw the Devils. We saw the Winnipeg Jets. We saw the Edmonton Oilers. We we've seen all these teams. I'm asking you, which is the best team seen so far? Seen so far, I honestly think New Jersey was. I was really impressed with their really? state. Yeah. I was impressed with the and again, maybe it was comparing it to what my expectations were. Yeah. Okay. They were fast. They were very fast. I mean, really fast. I think that's a huge part of why they're second in, or were yeah. second in the league in goals against is their defending speed was like elite. They were on top yep. of the stars. Yeah. And then Washington last night, I liked when they won puck battles. Now, I don't like their team as a whole because they have a lot of holes, but like they're, they had a good 15 minutes where they were just like, we're going to win every single puck battle and we're going to outcompete. Yeah, you. there was some of that there and, too. And I like when I watch that. And it's funny because I, I was talking to Pavelski today and I said something about them, you know, being, the, and he just rolls his eyes like, no, nobody's that good. They didn't kill us. We won the game. You know, it's just that, that battle, I think, that players have that they don't want to admit that. They got run over in oh the second gosh, period. Oh my gosh, I was saying. Like, <laughs> I was like, we're calling the game and I'm like, I have not turned my head left in <laughs> like, fit. They, they went 13 minutes between shots on goal. And, and to me, it was a, a lot of it was puck, it was compete. Yeah. It was they were just yeah, out-competing the stars. Yes. Yes. Uh, speaking of mauling with the Bruins, uh, you love that? I do. I get paid for this stuff. So bears, like a Bruin is a bear. Bam! You nailed it, Mike. <laughs> I led you right into it. It was uh, it was the second game of a back-to-back when we were in there. And, you know, they they still gave them a game. They could have won it. They had, they had good chances in that. I, I, did, I didn't see the Bruin. No, they didn't have... Uh, Marshawn back at that point. So you add that into the mix and that. They, they they likely are. They likely are. But I didn't think they were that great that night. I'm I'm talking the, the games that, that, that we have seen. That we've seen the stars play against. I'm telling you, I got even the when they got throttled up in Winnipeg, but we've seen Wi- Winnipeg two other times, and you're like, no, that no, I wouldn't put them in. Well, then I've got to category. I've got to give it to Tom Holy and the Sharks. They just killed the Stars. That no, game. for two minutes they did. <laughs> yes, uh, New Jersey. I put Nope down. I just they're I, fast. I just love how like fast color they are. me unimpressed right. so far by many. Uh, w- what I keep getting is coming out of these games. Like even last night, like people grab me after the game. Man, that's a good team. Like the Stars, we gave up fifty shots almost. You know, had to rely on the goaltender. But what they see is the stuff that maybe 30 games in we're a little bit jaded to that yep. we were talking about 10 15 games in and you're you're like yeah cuz they do a lot of the same things when they're on that you're speaking of yeah they they can get on people and, and shut them down and there's nothing going on you're they not going to get much they can out compete people and, and that compete all over the place and the weird the little pass off the wall to get yeah, the just, puck out that that creates speed through the neutral zone yeah they hadn't done that in previous years and now they're starting to do it again yeah yeah so, I mean, we haven't seen Vegas yet. Yep. I'd like to see that showdown. Uh, and a lot of these teams they've, they've caught, um, and I'm not making excuses in that. I'm just saying, you know, when they played Colorado, Colorado wasn't Colorado. No, they're beat up. And even last night, as much as you know, the Caps had them, uh, you know, in, in a lot of categories other than score, they had eight guys on IR yeah. last night. So and their numbers aren't great and their record's not great. No. 
So no, they're not the. So everyone sucks except for the stars. Bang! I think you're right. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, the board of governors meetings went on. It was a great big Bettman rally down there as they uh, celebrated 30 years of the commissioner. Uh, NHL business is very good right yes, now. Yes, it is. Like it is very good. The product is is pretty spiffy, and the business side of things is going great guns. The franchise values have basically gone through the roof. They they are starting the multiples now starting in the B's. Correct. Not the M's. Nope. And the Rangers were number one. I mean, you you can only really go by what Forbes or whoever puts out on their and I, I, I think they're close, but I, I don't obviously they're not fully accurate. But they had the New York Rangers over two billion, well over two billion. And thirty years ago, I couldn't. I researched it. I I wanted to find somewhere where they had franchise values in nineteen ninety three. Okay, when they when they moved, and I couldn't. I I could. Well, it was the beginning of Bettman's tenure. Okay, as commissioner. Yeah. And I I couldn't. I couldn't find any of the franchise value numbers. I'm sure the Rangers were. Yeah, they're probably, probably way more than it is now. I think there are a lot of teams that that are fairly close to the Rangers. You know, the Leafs certainly would be. I think back then in in 93, they probably would have been well ahead of everyone because back then it wasn't Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. It was just the Leafs. They they hadn't built up all the... And there was a big split on the Canadian dollar and the U.S. dollar at the time. But you had the Rangers and they had MSG and they had MSG Network. Yep. And you think 1993 on the cable side of things. Yeah. And what that was worth. But expansion fees in 1993. So do you remember the two teams that came in in 93? San Jose? No. My brain doesn't work. You know that. Well, to make it work. Don't quiz me on stuff like that. Tampa? Who? Tampa? Was that 93? You're warm. Florida? Yes. All right. That was one. Okay. And the other? Ottawa? No, think, think movies. Movies. Uh, was that the Anaheim Ducks? Yes, the might. They were the Mighty Ducks when they came in. You know who was supposed to go to that uh, locale? Your Dallas Stars. Yes. And they were told, "Oh, we got these Disney guys. They're, you can." Go- Michael Eisner wants. He's really into <laughs> hockey. Like you guys can go find another town to play. In. <laughs> I'm fine with Dallas. <laughs> Me too. I prefer Dallas over so. the OC. So what was the fa- uh, the expansion fee? How much do you think it was? Sixty thousand. You're close. Sixty million. No, it wasn't sixty thousand. I would have bought one if that was the case. I don't know if you could afford it. Ninety three. Yeah, I could have. Uh, Fifty million. Fifty million. So you you bounce forward uh, thirty years, and it's at least thirteen. What is it? Thirteen x. Six fifty was the last expansion. On the old Kraken. It's pretty good little uptick on expansion fees. Yes. Now, if you're looking at franchise fees, I bet you they went up a lot more than 13x in that time. Well, and then like just our our own little stars in our own little backyard, uh, the Gallardi family got a pretty good price on that distressed property at the time. And holy cow, I you know it's hard to to filter through everything they actually paid and how it came out of bankruptcy and all that kind of stuff. But oh, talk about more than 13x. Those guys have done a pretty good job there. Yeah. They, they've done a great job on the business side. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that came out of there, 
uh, was the play-in game. App- the appetite from his level is zero. I wonder whether that is the same thing if you pulled the general pop of all the teams. It just seems like it's a... No-brainer? Yes. It's money. And it keeps people engaged. Like, it, it, like we, we had this debate before about how there were the same number of teams make the playoffs in a 32-team league as did in a 16-team or in a 21-team league. Like, it's crazy. Yes. You could expand. You, you, you could have that play in. Can you imagine those one-offs to get in? Because those – and I know the argument. Baseball has I know it right the now. Argument. I know the argument. Stunningly exciting. I know the argument. But I think it would be fun if you took eight and nine on each side and said you got to earn your way into eight. And then you just get throttled by one. <laughs> and then it would but then in a way it would be a true advantage for the team that yeah. that Worked went great guns all year long and finished first. Ta-da. Look at you. Make me the friggin' commissioner. I'd do it. The other thing was uh do you like playing? Yeah, so do I. I think most listeners out there along with loving us would love a play-in game too on each side there are also rumors of more geo rivalry games on the schedule going forward which i i've always loved but they seem to they seem to just fluctuate between wanting that and then doing it and then going completely away from it so for instance it's not a geo rivalry but let's say divisional for the stars like they played three times against their division teams this year some of them well it's so funny as we're in what is it seven against the east right now like, <laughs> it's just, it feels like we're an eastern team yes and we don't really have a geo rival what what is our geo rival I and mean, there are three of them i think nashville i think could be is the, nashville the closest I think the one? number one i don't know if they're closest but they're the ones that has the the biggest game st louis st louis is second because of the playoff series too and no, the, i'm not talking about i don't know series. but i'm just saying geo geo and and mix in the fact that they played them in the like. There's a rivalry there, and then Colorado's not that far. Do you know who I think is maybe sort of stealthily the closest by air? By air for our flights, Chicago. I think it's Tampa Bay. Oh, because you feel that when you're flying here. I think it's Tampa Bay. Interesting. So if we went by geo rivalry, we should play Tampa. Eight times a year. All right, let's do it. But I don't see a lot of people going back and forth. I see people going back and forth between Nashville and Dallas. Yes. Dallas and St. Louis, some, but but not a lot. Chicago and Dallas does a lot. There's a lot of green in the games at the United Center. There's tons of red. And that may have something to do with the airline flights and get easy to get there. Yeah. And plus they're in Chicago in winter. Yeah, not bad. You know, same thing with Detroit. You know, they want to get out of Detroit, give themselves a little respite from that garbage up there and spend a weekend in Dallas, Texas. I get that. Mike, you've stayed a little longer, but for all of them, I think it's a good thing. Do you like this idea <laughs> of uh, of more rivalry-type games? They're not... Uh, the word rivalry now is such hooey. 
Like it just doesn't work. Remember when the networks were trying to build? You'd watch the the teases for the games, the, the, the Wednesday game of the yeah. week or whatever it was. I think it was on NBC, and they were playing it up like this is going to be an absolute war, bloodbath. Yes, like it was nineteen seventy eight again. And then they go out and they just skate at one another, three penalties in the game, and it was over. And it was like, well, that was false advertising. Well, I always laugh at the networks when they do Sunday games because. They're going like, oh, uh, we've got the backup goalie because they played Saturday. You're like, why would you have a big Sunday game and both teams play? Nah. You make a good point. It- I've, I've, <laughs> I've always felt that way that if you're truly going to showcase yeah. games and players in the league and that you, you can't put them up on their second game of a back-to-back. No. Yeah, don't do and that. And they've done that on several I occasions. Uh, the Again, my addition commissioner, also executive producer of one of the networks. I think that's good. next jobs for Razor. Uh, in addition to your uh, regional rivalry, rivalry, it's easy for uh, you to say. I know. I would like to do the two in one town. Uh, We're doing that. I know, but I'm saying our natural rival, in the natural Seattle rival. Kraken. There you go, right next door. But so if you're going to do that, let's play it up and. Make it a big deal. You know, let's let's put Nashville in Dallas for a Friday, Sunday or a Thursday, Saturday and and really then put some focus on it. And then, you know, you don't do it every weekend. You do it. OK, now and now sort of rotate through. Yeah. So like one year Chicago, Detroit or whatever. Yeah. It may be. Yeah. You know, they're in the east and west now. But you know what I'm saying? L.A., Anaheim. Or, but, but do them do them only with your divisional i i don't like the Doesn't idea division no, well, i don't like regional. the idea that that you're going to go out and you're going to play two games against anaheim that start at 9 30 at night no no i'm talking about la it's dumb. Anaheim. it's dumb dallas and nashville wouldn't start at nine o'clock at night that's true it's true <laughs> i don't i don't know that i'm i'm out i'm out on on the two games in one city i i'm out on it i think it would be nice for unpacking for us on the road, you don't think there'd be a like a playoff feel of fired up fan no, base? No, because I, I, they'd get tired. I think of it. that that also is poppycock. Who that that uh, that if they play two games in a row, all all of a sudden they're going to be all mad at one another, and that it's no different than a home and home. How many times? I think I think the home and home is a is a better uh, shot at it that that you play in Nashville on Friday night. And then you play in Dallas on Sunday afternoon or something like yeah. that, right? But the chances that that Sunday afternoon is going to have, you know, massively more animosity in it is slim in 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 the game now. If it was 15, 20 years ago, that would be I, w- I would pay large money for a ticket to that second game because guys would be guys would be getting their their ounce of uh, revenge in that one in some way, somehow. I think it'd, it'd be fascinating. I, I just don't believe the game is is that way anymore. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't. Anyway, we didn't solve anything. All right, are we shutting it down? Can I give you one thing? We're over the clock. He said 43. I said 47. Uh, doesn't matter. It's a podcast. We can go know, as long can go as, as, long as long we want. want. I know. They, I think we should probably stretch this for a couple hours. Well, I think you're wrong, but go ahead. Whatever you had popping in. I was talking to the kids and the veterans about Ovechkin and Crosby and what's it like the first time you play them and then what's it like now. And I was thinking about you and going into those camps with 
I don't know if they, I mean, they were the greatest players in the league at the time, weren't they? In Edmonton? Yes. And so then what is that like when you say- But they were all on the same team. I know. Well, you it was like having it. Ovechkin and Crosby <laughs> and Makar on the same team. That's your team I'm not kidding I know. You. It's just- Like when you think of the early 80s Oilers, you, you basically, if you just thought of it, you had, you had Gretzky and then you had Messier. So that was like having Crosby and Ovechkin. Then you had Paul Coffey. It was like having Makar. You had you had Grant in in goal. It was like having Vasilevsky or something. Or you might even throw our boy into it yeah. nowadays. Like it was it was rock stars. I'm not even getting into Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson. Like the All Star game, they would send a half a dozen guys yeah. to the All Star game. So then how do you, as a young player... How do you get through practice? Not very well learn is how that, I got through learn practice. Learn that you can compete against those guys. Like that I, is a wonderful time. It really is. Yeah. It is. I think there are, there are a couple of things in a young professional hockey player's life. That first NHL game, when you're not really sure... <laughs> I think they're a little bit different now. I think they believe that they can't because there's so many young guys uh, in the league immediately. Out there, yeah. Like it, that wasn't the case back then. Like, like you would just sit there and be like, I don't think I'm worthy of that. I don't think I am. Yeah. I don't, I really don't. And then you get into the game and you're like, well, this is very similar. Yeah. And, and once the puck drops and everyone's moving around, it's just another hockey game. And then you realize, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to fall flat on my face here. And you get through it, man. That is a that is a rush and an epiphany that you have. And then the other ones, when when you can kind of hang, you can hold your own a little bit, like even in in practice and certainly in games. In that, um, you know, I never really, I, I I didn't feel like I ever got to that level until I was in Hartford, and I had Jacques Caron as a goalie coach, and I, I was much better uh, then. And I can remember going through. Uh, we were in Boston uh, in the playoffs, and I could literally go through the morning skate almost without giving up a goal. Wow. It was just like like full mastery of the position. No, they weren't all going full no. throttle in that, and it, we weren't out there very long. But it was just like, yeah. I can do yep. this. Yep, I'm one of these now. So when they when they get into that, yeah, I, I think it is a, I think it is a pretty special time, and it is like a light bulb goes off on them. It's, it's so much of sports. Yeah, professional sports is just confidence. I always go back to Morrow, saying that I mean he had posters of Brett Hall on mm -hmm. his wall, and then now he's sitting in the locker next to him, and it's just I mean that's what you do. That's well, your job. I remember like Western Canada, so. The games on Hockey Night in Canada we got all the time were the Oilers. Yeah. And I was I was drafted like months after they won their first cup. So like when Gretzky was putting together 90 and 215 points, like I'm sitting there watching that, playing junior and, and watching this. And just it was like like God level yeah. stuff that was going on. And then all of a sudden within it felt like just a, a snap and you're like in the room with them and you're on the ice with them and Gretz is coming back and hanging with you for a second. 
before puck drop, wax you on your pads, and you're just like, man, what kind of a surreal world yep. am I in right now? Like that that first year that I got called up, like I was I was in Calgary playing junior, long bus rides and everything, and then the next day I was at the Forum in Montreal with the Edmonton Oilers, and they, I mean, it was like it was like going to Shea Stadium with the Beatles. Yes, like when you were mid-80s in Montreal on a Saturday night with the Edmonton Oilers, with Gretzky, like, it, I, I can't think of anything in our league that even comes close to that. Came close to it, probably when Lafleur was in his heyday, but they were at home. It was their team. Yeah. I can't think of another... It was like rock starish going in there. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it was pretty neat. She probably should have appreciated it more. I think at you the did. time as sort of a a fly on the end of the bench with the <laughs> Oilers. Uh, but it was it was neat. So I understand where these these young and you can see it in in some of them when they they don't believe they just they, they I'm not I'm not good enough. Yeah, and it shows. And then once they realize, you know, forget about that. Get out of your own head. Like, you can play with these guys. Yep. And then that light bulb goes off. It's awesome to watch. Yeah. really is. So Cool. Well, good point on well, your way part. Well, way to go. Yeah, you really pumped my tires there. Or I pumped my own tires. I don't know which one it was. One of the two. I promise this, though. All right. We're going to shut it down now. No more questions, no more right? Questions. My God, we went over 50 minutes now because of you. Uh, we need to start prepping for the holiday classic. You're aware of the holiday classic. No, you no. Is, it, is there a holiday you are classic? Not. So through all the years since Greensboro, when this team arrived here in the uh, triangle, I think they call it, Raleigh, and my good friend, John Forslund, who I worked with at the very beginning in the mid-90s in Hartford, before the whale moved down here, uh, we dubbed this one the holiday classic. And for whatever reason, year after year, we always played in December on the schedule. I don't know. It's, it's happened more years than it hasn't. Way more. And I, I'm shocked and saddened that this matchup is not sanctioned, marketed, ballyhooed by the league office. I think it's a major misstep because it's the Christmas stars against the Candy Canes in all the resplendent and festive green and red of the season. It is perfect. Should be playing this outdoors, Mike, in Helsinki or Yavaskala or Tampara, Finland. One of those places over there. Maybe way, way up north, around Lapland, where Santa's from. Wow. The true Santa. That's where Santa's workshop is. Up there. Maybe one day. Maybe soon. We get the candy canes. We get the Christmas stars from Dallas. We get them outdoor Finland action. All our fins. We got nothing but fins. Maybe we have Jake and Goal and everybody else's finish on that team. You could do that. Yes. But until we get this hammered through at the league level and we convene once again for another Podman Rush for Mike Heike I'm Razor Kitos Olihuva Huva Yalwa this has been the Podman Rush 
presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Hey Stars fans, this is Jamie Ben. Make DallasStars.com your only place for Stars news, exclusive content, game highlights, and more. Plus, DallasStars.com is your one-stop shop to purchase verified tickets to cheer on me and the boys all season long. Get in the game and visit DallasStars.com today.